do that. Some stuff up. We all good? Got it. Sweet. Okay. So we've had a fuck up with the Wi-Fi and the internet, so we're just going to bodge it and see what happens. And, yeah, just to see how it goes. So uh, we have Mr. Finley Carmichael. Uh, Finley, introduce yourself, mate. Tell us who you are, what you do. And if there's so, anything interesting about yourself, tell us that as well. Well, the most interesting thing is uh, I am originally from Balamori. So if you've ever seen the kids' TV programme, Balamori, that's where I'm from. And my girlfriend absolutely absolutely hates it when I tell people that. She's like, shut up. Uh, but I'm from Balamori. Um, online coach, me and James work together. Not work together, but we're in sort of one of the, the same coaching programmes. Um, I help ambitious, driven individuals look, feel, and perform at their best. Um, ultimately, not just giving them a body they can feel proud of, but helping them skyrocket their confidence and prove to themselves they're capable of more. So a lot of the time, it's not people that are necessarily massively out of shape, but people that um, want to be the best that they can be across like physically, personally, professionally. And um, they just feel quite comfortable and they want to sort of prove to themselves that they're they're capable of more. Um that's me. Who's James? Well, first of all, I didn't even know Balamori was a real place. I thought it was a it's not it's not actually called Balamori. It's called Tobermori, but it is a real place. There you go. PC Plum and the and co. That's the it's the multicolored houses, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh excellent. No, I didn't. I didn't know that at all, mate. Um, there you go. So everyone, everyone listens to me. Uh, know uh, who I am. So James Piercy, Rise and Conquer Coach, and I help guys challenge themselves out of their daily routine. So uh, with their body, their brain, their confidence, their mental health, and get them thriving with all of those uh, different positions. And yeah, I don't think there's anything interesting about me. Apart from that, I live nowhere near Balamori. It's by the sea in Worthing. Um, anyone that knows Brighton, it's just down the road from that. So nobody else knows where Worthing is. Um, interesting facts about me. I did the World Stringers Triathlon this year. I think it's the first person to ever do it. You have to Google it because somebody might have done it before. But it's a marathon, a strongman competition and a 100k bike ride back to back. Um, so I could be the first person ever to do it. That's all I've got. Um, so what I want to do, mate, is just chuck in a few questions. Firstly, um, we're going with a big one. What does Rise and Conquer mean to you? To me? What does Rise and Conquer mean to me? Well, a tricky one. A very good question. Uh, but I would say Rise and Conquer. Well, you give me what you you think, and then I'll give you my opinion on it. So I've, I've asked a lot of clients this and what it's come down to in kind of one sentence is becoming who you know and want and want to be. That's kind of like the the main sort of gist of what the last sort of five or six people have said. So like from where you are rising up to that person that you know and want you uh, know and want to be. Okay. So what would you say transitioned you from where you were to where you want to be? I think... Personally, it's down to a lot of it's down to uh, accountability with guys. I think um, most guys that I generally speak to in the gym, they think I can do it myself. They'll they'll go and train themselves, 
and think, yeah, I am doing it, but they don't, they just stay stagnant. They're not actually improving. They're not actually pushing themselves out of the boundaries. They're turning up, they're hitting the same bench press every single week, for example, never improving it, never progressing it. And I think that's what a lot of people do with their lives as well. Like just literally happy turning up, going along and not being uncomfortable. It's it's just, they're comfortable what they're doing and they, they've never been pushed outside of that bubble. Um, that's what it kind of means to me. And just okay. yeah, just just pushing it well well beyond where you thought you could go, and yeah, and, and nothing nothing's impossible. So with that, or with you, what would you say took you specifically from where you were to where you are now? Oh, you're asking me the questions now, right? Uh, I think mentally it was um, when I was younger, so I went through a thing where my granddad died and that was a big, big thing for me. Um, long story short, I had to attempt CPR until the ambulances came. That kind of messed me up quite a bit. And I didn't really know why I was messed up for so long. I thought it was just kind of like grieving. Turned out it went into PTSD, depression, um, lots of drinking, started taking drugs, steroids, all that kind of thing, just as like kind of like an out. And training was like the, the way that I could be who I wanted to be, like just turn up, train, not having to worry about anything. And then um, going to see a therapist that later down the line, like five, six years later, that was the thing that realized to me, like this is the thing that's holding you back. Like your mental state, like your physical state's good. Your mental state isn't where it needs to be. That's what kind of got me to push and challenge myself to help myself mentally to then be able to push on to do all the other things that I've achieved kind of since then, I think. Mm. Yeah, I th- I always think you need to get to that like point. Like that's that's probably your why, isn't it? That that's yeah, that's just- yeah. And I, and I, and I think before then, when I was a PT, it was kind of like, okay, how hard can we beast someone? How hard can we make can we make someone feel sick? That was kind of like the mentality. Like the people that I grew up with doing PT, that was what all the other PTs did at the gym that I was at originally. So I thought, well, this must be what it is because you don't get taught that yeah. in college. It's kind of like, here's your certificate, go away. And it was like, right, oh, I've made this person sick. I've made this person ill. They can't walk down the stairs, that kind of thing. That was the, that was what I thought PT was. And then obviously learning about all the other things as well, you've got the mental side is bigger than the physical side. So if the, me- if the mental side's affecting you, you're never going to be in your peak physical state, I don't think, because there's always going to be something holding you back. Yeah. I would definitely agree. I always think, I always think like the physical almost allows you to train the mental and it's like pushing yourself beyond the point where you think you can't do anymore. I'm like, so I, I did you, so you'll have been exactly the same with like the strongest try. I I did um, even like a half marathon last year and it was, the training was not necessarily, it was hard physically, but it was more like the mental side. And I think that's where people get, probably the most out of things they think they're coming in to like look a certain way, but it's more so like to feel a certain way and um, improve in terms of like the mental side. Would you agree with that? Yeah. A hundred percent. Just going back to that. Why, what was the reason you started training? Um, so I've always played rugby and I, it's difficult because I've always, I've always played rugby, but I've not, I, I didn't necessarily go to the gym or anything like that. And I remember one point, um, me and a group of boys like that I played rugby with, we went to France on like a, a rugby trip. And basically 
we went into the gym and none of us had really been into a gym before. And uh, like we were playing with all these guys who are more like playing at a higher standard than us. And uh, we went in and I remember the the coach sort of looked at us and was like, oh, where's your where's your programme? And we were like looking at each other like, oh, what the fuck's a programme? He's talking about Balamori again. <laughs> and it was, uh, and it, he was obviously talking about a gym programme, but we were like, not, I, we've never been in a gym. Like, what what do we do, basically? And so like, that's, that's where at first, like that awareness started for me. And then I went to, um, like a few years later, I went to college and stuff, started getting into it then. And then I properly got into it. So basically... I was living with my girlfriend at the point, then we split up and I basically moved to another side of the island to run a sort of hotel um, with my dad, like a family run business. And at that point, um, all I was doing was working. So like training was almost like my out. Um, and I would, the, what I found was like the more time, energy and effort I put into me, the better I felt. And um, not just in terms of physically, but in terms of like mentally. And it gave me something to sort of really focus on, something that I could control. And therefore that sort of then gave me that sort of confidence in myself, that self-belief to go and do like a PT course. Uh, so I went and I stayed eight weeks on my mate's sofa. And then basically things got like escalated from there. But the biggest thing was um, number one, probably rugby and focusing on that and then number two like just being in that hotel and being able to sort of focus on something that I could control within that no class and would you so would you say that it wasn't anything to do with how you looked at the time do you think it was just purely rugby and mental or was there an aesthetic thing to it as well i.e getting girls um so there probably was like an aesthetic part to it, but at, at the at that point in time, it was in my head, but it wasn't really like a massive part. It was more so just something to that I could focus on. Um, it maybe started because of like the aesthetic side. Um, I'm wanting to, to look good and have a six pack and be absolutely massive and whatever else. Uh, but then that like as as many people find like that quickly transitions away and it's like not necessarily about how you look but more so how you feel and um i just found it allowed me to sort of turn up at my best if you like like i just felt so much better after doing it and therefore that was sort of ingrained as a habit and it sort of um went went on from that i think what that, about you? Well, what would you for me touching on that like when I was when I first started training, I went went with a guy called Connor. We went down to David Lloyd, and it was like we didn't know we didn't know how to train uh, chest. Or we didn't know how to train legs. Sorry, it was literally we used to watch a guy Rob Riches. I don't know if you've heard of him, and we used to watch his YouTube channel. He's he's a British guy, and uh, it was like chest, arms, two hour chest session on a Monday, and it was like literally regimented around trying to be big and trying to be a bodybuilder at the time, and obviously. You don't know what goes into it when you're that young and naive, I think. Yeah. Because it was like, right, you've you've got to eat this food. You've got to eat out of a Tupperware. Like just literally following what you see on YouTube. And I think now everything's changed so much. Like, I don't care how I look now, as long as I'm fit, healthy, and I can move and I don't get out of breath. Whereas yeah. 10 years ago, it was, okay, well, what do I look like? How big can my arms get? How tight can my T-shirts be? Yeah. And all that, so I think everything like flips one eighty. And like going back to what you said about the the mental side of your half marathon, mm -hmm. what what have you done up to this point where you've had to sort of like challenge yourself on on that? Like what, what what's yeah what's what's kind of been the biggest mental challenge? Like 
for, um, for so far? For like the, the half marathon, I would say just probably on the days where it's like the last thing that you want to do. So like you know you've got maybe a long run, whether it's on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at some point of the weekend, and you know like that you've got this whatever it is, hour plus run to go to go and do. It's you look out the window, it's absolutely pissing it down, it's dark, it's cold, it's wet, it's windy. Like it's really the last thing you want to do. And the the big thing that always stands out for me is like just taking that first step, like even just um, getting your shoes on, just getting getting changed for it. Then obviously going out the door is that first step, and it's that it's those little decisions that then allow you to to make that sort of bigger decision. Because I think a lot of people will see like a half marathon, a marathon, or whatever it is, as like that end point that you've completed it but it's all the sort of smaller decisions along the way that allow you to get to that point so getting changed getting your shoes on um like getting out the door that that was the big thing for me as soon as as soon as you were out and as soon as you were you'd started it like i i found that there was there wasn't really i wouldn't talk myself out out of it once i'd started it but it was always like beforehand and the lead up to it that was the that was the easiest place to to sort of talk yourself out of it and um, but for me it was just like almost like yeah that mental battle with yourself of like go and do it and do 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 what you said you would and i think going back you just touched on it there like rather than focusing on well i've got to go and run what's the what's the first thing i have to do okay well get changed okay cool i've done that that's just broken it down so you've got less and it goes back to something i went to see at middleton last year i don't know if you've seen him live he um he did a thing about uh someone had to hang in a car and it was you had to have your seatbelt on and you had to get dropped in and it got dropped into this ice cold water and you had to escape. And it's always stuck with me because he said, well, if, if I told you, right, you've got to get out of this ice cold water from this car that's sinking, you're going to shit yourself. But he said, if it's broken down, okay, well, what do I need to do first? I need to undo my seatbelt. That's, that's the first step. And like, it is like, put your running shoes on. That's the first step. Open your front door and break it all down. Um, yeah. And for those of you that don't know, Joe Parrish, who is both of mine and Finley's coach, I remember when I was doing my marathon, I had I had about just under half left and I rang him and said, like, I can't do it anymore. And he's like, well, you've just got to put one foot in front of the other. And that was literally all he said. But it's literally just breaking it down. Mm. And it, there, was, there was half a marathon left and he was like, yeah, just put one foot in front of the other and just pick out little... little um, uh, what's the word? Little buildings on the way. Oh, there's a McDonald's there. Get to that. That's your first step. Oh, there's a garage there. Get to that second step. And it's just literally breaking it down rather than think I've got to run another 12 miles. Yeah, it's exactly the same with, I was thinking it's exactly the same with goal setting. Like people will set these big sort of audacious goals, but they, the actual progress is made through like the decisions that you make on the way. So setting that goal into breaking it up into little smaller goals breaking that up into monthly goals, breaking that up into weekly and daily goals. Like they're the things that actually allow you to move forward. It's not necessarily focusing on like that big end point. Um, and it's like that sort of process of being able to think about the decisions you, you need to make along the way and obviously tick the boxes as you go and then, and then sort of climb the ladder from there. I think a big thing with that as well, that we'll, we'll get loads of people come in January time say, look, I want to lose two stone or one stone or whatever. But I think that's that's too big. I think getting them to realise, right, okay, well, I need to lose the first pound and celebrate that rather than two stone. Oh, that's that's a that's a big, big step. It's literally going back and focusing yeah. on, okay, can I lose a pound this week and celebrate it? Yeah. Rather than 
I haven't lost. I haven't lost a stone yet. I'm a failure. It's literally just yeah. breaking it down. I think. Yeah, I've I I listened to a podcast with James Smith, and he was talking about like how can you create as many small wins as possible? Because like you losing a stone and you losing a pound is going to feel exactly the same. Like it doesn't matter. It's going to feel exactly the same to you. So how you how can you create as many little small successes along the way as you possibly can? Whether that's like in terms of weight, whether that's in terms of training, whether that's in terms of confidence or sort of how you feel, but how can you create? as many little small wins across the sort of journey as you possibly can, because that's going to allow you to, to feel better, feel more positive, feel more motivated and obviously take more action leading to, to sort of more results along the way. Yeah, no class. And touching on from that, I'll write down, what do you think of the fitness industry as a whole right now? Um, where do you, where do you see it going? What do you think's good? What do you think's bad? And what do you think could be improved? Good, bad and improved. That's a good question. I've not, I've never thought of it. Um, I would say good is, I would say there's less sort of focus on quick fixes and things like that. I think keto came in like a couple of years ago, but I think that sort of almost like faded away a little bit. You don't really hear much about it. Exactly the same with like low carb diets or anything like that. I, well, I haven't think... heard Herbalife for a while either. No, exactly. I don't get and them that, in my DMs big... anymore. <laughs> no, I know. Um, but I think like little quick fixes like that are tending to to sort of fade away and there's not there's not as much of it. Um so I would say that's a good thing. A bad thing I would I would say one of the one of the bad things is maybe like I don't know if you've heard of like the healthy at any size, like that sort of movement. Have you heard anything about that? No, not yet. So it's basically like people who think that you can be healthy at any size and like, it's not just carrying a few pounds, but like being massively overweight. And like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that is necessarily a good thing because I think it's just like an extreme and it's like, take it. I think taking anything to an extreme isn't necessarily a good thing. Exactly the same with like bodybuilding, like low calories or whatever it is. If you think about anything taken to extreme generally isn't um, the best so like healthy any movement thinks that any any weight you are any size like that's ultimately healthy and they should is be that able to both do ends of the scale like see like ultra ultra light sort of talking like not eating to the other end where it's like morbidly obese is that is that what I mean like kind of I think it's more the morbidly obese side so it's like the obese side but if it I think it that's what I was gonna say I think if if it was the other way around. And they were talking about someone like super, super light that didn't like, I think they wouldn't say the same thing about that. So that was going to be one of my points. That's it's interesting though. Cause yeah, like I, I can see it. I can see how some people would want it. So mm-hmm. like if they're, if they're morbidly obese, but they're, they're, they're happy. They, they do move and they can, and they can move freely without sort of like pain injury that kind of stuff but then i can see that side of stuff but then what's going on inside yeah exactly and i think that like what you've just mentioned there is someone who's yeah overweight but they can still move fine they're still healthy in general like i think that's absolutely fine but it's when it goes sort of beyond that point and like that's what i would say is not necessarily a good thing because it's again going to that sort of extreme side of things um but yeah, exactly. And then it's like, how do you 
how do you gauge how someone's health in the inside? Like it's very hard to to be able to tell. It, it goes down to smoking as well. So like some people they'll smoke all their life and never have anything wrong with them. Mm. But you don't know what they're like inside. But they'll live to their hundred. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. No, I've not I've not even I have to look into that a little bit more. Um, what's your um improvement? Improvement. I would say something that we try and do on a daily basis, and it's like trying to improve the standard of coaching. Because I know there's like good quality coaches. Um, like I know that every single coach within the sort of program that we're in are really good quality coaches. We spend a lot of time like sort of trying to develop ourselves and things like that. But I think Ultimately, there's still a large number of coaches who maybe um, aren't the best quality, or maybe they're sort of focused on on the wrong thing. Maybe sort of short short term gain and things like that. Um, how do how do you think that needs to be changed? Uh, I would say through. So I don't know about you, but when I did my actual course to to sign up for a PT, it was more like a health and safety. It wasn't like anything. Um, that you you did, I wouldn't say you learned anything sort of mass massive in it. That you you obviously had like tests and assessment and things like that, and you obviously had to do practical exams. But I found it was more like just ticking a box. So I'd say the the actual education, and then probably having like obviously within the PT industry, there's no like um governing body. So potentially sort of having someone that um sort of coaches people or sort of comes around and assesses people as as they go uh would would be a couple of options but what what were your thoughts on that i think i think the big thing was obviously during covid everybody became an online coach but then the the people that were shit and they and they were charging 10 quid a month whatever it was they've all gone because like what's the what's the thing that um warren buffett says like when the tide goes out you can tell he's been swimming naked yeah like the, the people the people that last are the ones that get results they they know what they're doing then i think going back to when when you get your qualification mine was a year at college so i think it's changed soon after that because people can do it over a weekend now and to have the knowledge that you need in a weekend to be able to do that with someone is is not possible but then yeah. it's the same with your driving test i think like you can you can pass your driving test but you don't know how to drive for months after that because you, you've got to experience it and learn all the other bits and bobs that go with it. Um, but I do think, yeah, there should be some sort of thing within the industry that checks on people. Because some, some yeah. of the things I've seen a lot, especially like the influencers as well, that's a whole other subject, but some of the shit yeah. that goes on there. Yeah. And a lot of it's like just based on um, like subscriptions, like really low, low cost subscriptions focused on like volume numbers of people. So obviously like any specificity isn't, isn't really going to happen within that. And obviously like people need individualized programs. They need to know what they're doing on a one-to-one level. Obviously it's not going to be possible for everyone, but I think a lot of sort of influencers, influencers will use like high volume, um, like as an example, hip training, not that hip training is necessarily bad, but um, there's obviously like going to be more beneficial approaches than than that. I would, I would say. The other the other thing as well, going back to that, I listened to a podcast the other day. It was it was uh, James Smith and Holly Hagen out of uh, Geordie Shaw, and she she admitted it. She said she used to do that, like doing the low ticket stuff, um, but she got paid eight grand to do a post for. Uh, some sort of tea 
Mm. And I think if you're if you're that young and you're you're coming through and you've got a big following, you're going to take the eight yeah. grand, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And that's where that, it's that's the thing. It's almost bribery to sell shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost it. Yeah, you're right to to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I think if I if I was twenty and someone said, right, have this tea, <laughs> here's eight grand, I would have done it. Yeah, I think that was that like booty or something. Booty or some, something like that. Yeah, skinny teal or something along those lines. Right. I'm aware of time, mate. Um, how long have you got? A couple of minutes? Yeah, a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, right. Christmas tips for the public for the next 10 days. Top three. Christmas tips. Number one, know that it's the other 51 weeks in the year that are, is going to give you the progress. So a lot of people will get caught up on like the next the next sort of week or two um, and feeling sort of guilty about it, feeling like they're not making progress, feeling bad. Um, but it's the other 50, 51 weeks in the year that's actually going to be where the progress is made. So number one, just being aware of that. Number two, think about what you're doing consistently. So making sort of good choices. Um, like, for example, Christmas is going to be, you've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, which is the Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then from Tuesday till Hogmanay, so Tuesday till or New Year's Day. So I was going to say, what's what's Hogmanay? Is that is <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's, that's New Year's Eve. That's that's okay. New Year's Eve in Scotland. Right. Okay. Um, so that's Tuesday till Saturday. So making like within that, that's what five days. So you could easily get like three good quality sessions. That's getting you basically a day 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 rest between. And um, with that, you can get back into routine. You can get back into eating well. You can get back into sleeping well, drinking more water. Like there's all of these different habits and things that are going to allow you to feel good going into Hogmanay. Um, and then third of all is probably if you're training, potentially look at doing like full body sessions. And actually like over over the festive period, what I quite like to do is like almost cardio kind of crossfit style workouts um, to allow me to get sort of a good sweat on and just come out of the session feeling better than I did. Whereas often when I find I try and do sort of weight training, I'll then sort of get annoyed that I'm not lifting the weights that I might have done previously and things like that. So I often quite quite enjoy like just putting together like a 20, 30 minute circuit and just basically going and, and getting a good sweat on. Uh, so I would say that is my my top three. Perfect. One one thing I want to touch on quick. Most of the clients that I've um, spoken to so far, we've done like a, like a 10 day plan and I've said to them, don't even follow your your workout program. Just go go and train and just go get a pump because yeah. you think the pump from Christmas Day that you're going to get if you go in a couple of days after is going to be absolutely huge. So you're going to feel good about yeah. yourself. Enjoy it. Don't do too much. And don't eat like a dick for the, the rest of the time. Christmas Day, Boxing Day, do whatever you like. Um, yeah. and, that, and that's pretty much the plan. Yeah. So I it's, think it's, just it's be- simple. People overthink it, I think. Yeah, just being consistent. It's like some people, some people won't want to train, and for them, absolutely fine. Like some people will want to train, absolutely fine. I think it's just finding something that's going to work for you. But more so than that, being able to, yeah, just make sensible decisions, just be sort of consistent. Um, out with obviously Christmas and just being able to go into twenty twenty three feeling the way you want to feel. Yeah, no, I like it, mate. I uh, I won't ask you any more questions because I know you've got to shoot. I do have to shoot. Yeah, what that's you cool, to mate. Know? Um, I 
I'm going to eat before I get told off. And yeah, I've got clients tonight. So I'm going to have a little chill time, take the dog out. Um, she doesn't Thanks. like going outside when it's cold. So you have to drag her out. Um, and then, yeah, that'll be it. Yeah, work, work till eight. And then, um, yeah, reset, reset when I get home. You're, yeah, what have you got for the rest of the nice. day? I've got, um, I was going to say gym, but I went this morning. No, I've got, I've got another couple of calls today, actually. So I've got a call at half five, which is uh, a success session with one of my clients. And then I've also got uh, someone looking to join the program as well. So that's it. That's not till eight, so that's late. Late. Well, that's a, a late, late one. That is. I know. I know. Blimey. 